The Living Over Losing podcast is produced by the Podcast Panacea, the cure-all for your podcast. I knew I wanted a podcast, but I didn't know where to start. Podcast Panacea has helped me develop my show's concept, launch, record, edit, and produce my show. I wanted to create a body positivity podcast with a twist on my own unique brand. On my blog, Living Over Losing, I can share my thoughts, and this podcast, through Podcast Panacea, has helped me bring them to life with professional skill. If you are looking to start a podcast, I definitely recommend Podcast Panacea. To find out more, email thepodcastpanacea at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Shelby Schlangbergen, and this is Living Over Losing, unfiltered and unrestrained. Hi, welcome to our first show. This is Living Over Losing with Shelby, and I'm so excited to have one of my friends and one of my biggest inspirations, Rachel Greenfield, on the show. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Shelby. Sorry, I'm emotional from you saying that already. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be good. How's it going? Good. So I just really wanted to have you as my first guest because I I mean, I know you personally, but also I feel like your story is so inspiring, um, and it would be great for this audience for this podcast. Kind of, I just kind of want to get given an, an idea of your story, how you got into yoga. I know you work at Snapchat full time. You're a yoga teacher in LA, but you're from New Hampshire like I am. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. And I kind of just want to get like synopsis of how you got there. Yeah, of course. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've come a long way from New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, um, so obviously, uh, so you and I met, um, cheerleading in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, um, I danced all, nearly all of my life, um, before I, I cheered and I cheered in college as well. Um, and, uh, anyone who's listening that, uh, has been a cheerleader and knows a cheerleader and knows a lot about the sport knows that it, um, really takes a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially yeah. in college. Uh, we're constantly practicing for competitions and games and um, my joints and my bones and my muscles and just everything um, in my body was just uh, abused, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, so w- by the time I graduated college after um, doing four years com- competitive cheerleading there, uh, you know, it was my passion, but I decided that I had to stop and, you know, my whole family was like, please don't continue cheerleading after college. Um, (laughs) They were just over the injuries. Um, So I needed something uh, else to do. And I had started coaching cheerleading, actually. And uh, I injured myself on a hike I took into the Grand Canyon the summer after college. And I couldn't run, um, so I hurt my knee, and I couldn't run um, or do any high-impact cardio, which um, in cheerleading is, like, one of the ways that we're taught to condition, and it was one of the only other outlets that I really had aside from cheerleading. And so I needed something, and I started taking hot yoga, which was at a core power yoga studio down the road from me. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I hated it, Shelby. <laughs> um, okay. Me too. I, I hated it so much. Um, I, oh God, like it was so hot. Like I almost passed out my first class. I don't even know why I went back. My first class was mm-hmm. so bad. Um, I, yeah. And I, I feel like 
the only reason I went back is because I'm competitive and I was like, I have to get better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had this idea in my mind that if I didn't sweat my body weight, that it wasn't a workout. And so I refused to try any other yoga except for hot yoga, <laughs> which I hated. Again, I'll say I, I hated it so much. Um, no, I, and- well, I feel like that's such a common thing, though. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's so common because I know, like, for me, too, when I was, like, struggling with exercise addiction, I would only do, like, the hardest level <laughs> yeah. of yoga in the hottest room because I was like, well, I'm not doing regular yoga. I'm not going to burn calories. What's the point? So, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like that's very common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I had that exact same feeling. Um, it's, it's good to know that I'm not the only crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and actually, my class uh, that I used to go to was canceled one day and, and they had it was canceled last minute. I think that there had been some snow. I was living in Colorado at the time. Um, so I uh, ended up in a vinyasa class and was my first ever vinyasa class that I took at Core Power Yoga um, with an instructor named Alex. And during that class, um, first of all, got my butt kicked. Am I allowed to say swears on this? Because I almost yeah, yeah. said something else. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, okay, great. I got my ass kicked. <laughs> um, and in the middle of class, uh, we worked on balances. And obviously, um, from years of cheerleading, I... Um, have a gymnastics background too and uh, Alex taught us all how to stand on our head um, and I, it was so hard but I got it uh, and I I think I fell over after holding it for like something like five seconds but uh, mm-hmm. after that class I went home and to my apartment and I tried to stand on my head for the next two hours um, until I could finally <laughs> hold it with control and then um, I was hooked. And so I went to uh, Alex's class every weekend, um, every Saturday morning. I think she taught a 7 a.m. class, something super early. Uh, and I just I just got hooked and I started trying other teachers out. Um, and I honestly was hooked by the difficult poses, by the arm balances, the inversions, um, the, the standing balances, uh, and all the flashy balances. I just Mm -hmm. I was hooked by that uh and it's funny because in the process of uh going to class for that purpose I obviously uh got way more out of the class uh I started building up strength and healing my injured knee I started being able to handle stress because I was teaching um school uh to eighth grade at the time and it was so stressful uh and I started having this new way to manage my stress and I started feeding myself better. It was like this whole thing. And um, it's so funny because I, it only became that because I, you know, found a part of the practice that I connected to. And then Mm -hmm. sneakily, the rest of the practice uh, came to me and uh, kind of changed my life. And uh, my practice is one thousand times different now than it was when I lived in Colorado um, and even than it was two years ago or last year. Uh, but, you know, it, it's been an incredible journey through the 
that moment of, you know, hitting that balance and then um, finding other things that I love and crave about the practice. It's interesting because I, it sounds like when you started, you were really focused on like, you just wanted a way to exercise. You just wanted a way to sweat. You just wanted, you know, like the typical calorie burning type of type of thing. But it seems like it turned into more of like, almost like a lifestyle for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting, like, I'm, I'm wondering if you could elaborate just a little bit more on like, how it has changed for you, like, how has your mindfulness or your like body connection, your self acceptance, how has that evolved through the start of yoga in Colorado to now? So I think that I'm not unlike other women out there that can say that um, from the moment I remember knowing what it meant to be thin uh, or not thin that I thought I was not thin. Um, mm-hmm. Like my earliest memories of seeing my reflection are of seeing something that was less than I thought that I should be. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I danced. So, uh, you know, we're in leotards and uh, in front of a mirror. So, and when I say I danced, I mean, I went to school, I left at three and I danced until 9 p.m. every night and I competed every weekend. So that's a lot of time in front of a mirror, a lot of time in front of other young women who are also incredibly skinny, incredibly fit. And that started super young for me. Like, I think the first time I remember like holding my belly in, in a leotard, I was like eight years old. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, I spent so many years of my life um, being unhappy with this tiny body that I had. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And this very able body. I was good. You know, I was was very able, but so unsatisfied. Um, And that definitely didn't change when I went to cheerleading and started to like gain some muscle. I definitely am the type of person that packs on muscle quickly. Mm -hmm. So when I started to get muscular in high school and then even in college, I remember uh, having incredibly muscular legs and having um, a guy that I was seeing uh, actually make fun of me for being muscular. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so even when I was very fit and very thin, um, I like, I hated my, my body and I wanted it to be different and, um, I wanted a flatter stomach and I, you know, I wanted right. it to look toned, but not muscular and, you know, all this crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like no matter what. <laughs> and I've learned too, like through myself, I've, I've just like literally learned that no matter what you're you're like, you're never happy. You're like, Oh, well, I, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and be super skinny. And then you're not happy. And then like, you want to get muscular, you want to do whatever. And then you're not happy with that. And then someone says something about that. And so it's, that's why I think yoga is so interesting. Cause it kind of like reconnects you to yourself. So you're, Cause like, I, for me, I feel like I got lost. I was like, I don't even know what I am. Like, I don't, I'm just in general, like as a person and as my natural body type, like I don't even know what my body type is anymore because I just keep trying so hard to change it that you just like told it's like a total out-of-body experience absolutely absolutely so you know I had that exact same experience um as you that uh you know like I I was always trying to restrict food and if I you know like when I restricted food that would always turn into then like binging at other times and Mm -hmm. um I was just like I was never happy in my body um and I definitely didn't come to yoga to be happier with my body I like you know to find that 
groundedness. I didn't really even know that the practice offered that, to be quite honest. I mean, I was very naive about yoga when I began. Like, I'm pretty sure I followed, um, like, Yoga Girl uh, and uh, another uh, big yoga influencer, and they posted really pretty pictures of themselves upside down, and I followed them. And that they were, like, the only reason that I went to hot yoga because I was like, well, they look good. <laughs> right, right. Uh, exactly. You know? Uh, so... So yeah, I I think I definitely went to burn calories as you said before, but um it became something way more for me and um I think a lot of people can say that when the practice is truly about you and your body um and I'll build on that sentence later in our conversation, but when you really mm-hmm. find this practice that is truly about yourself, uh what you find is uh this appreciation for yourself and what you're able to do with this body that you have. Um, no matter what shape you are, no matter what strength you're at, um, no matter what your ableness is, whatever your practice looks like, you will be so blown away by what your body can do. Um, and I'm talking even something as simple as like breath. Never. Mm-hmm. Ever in my life did I think that I would be able to control my breathing during exercise. Like my first year of yoga during a vinyasa flow, when they told me to inhale and exhale, like, girl, I was not doing that. I was like holding oh, my yeah. breath or I was out of breath. Um, and never in my life did I think that I would have the kind of breath control that I do now. Um, and even when I'm like going my hardest um, in the gym, because I also lift weights, even when I'm doing that, um, and I'm, my heart rate is pounding. I can t- tune into my breath and take the biggest, deepest, slowest breaths and like reground myself and regroup and relax my heart rate. And it is insane. Like that I have that mind connection with my body to know like you're not dying, like take in these big breaths. And that's incredible. And then beyond that, the just the other things our body can do, like hold you up, um, on your feet even, um, that can mm-hmm. hold you up on your hands if that's something that you're doing uh, to stretch the feeling that you can kind of feel every fiber of your body beginning to like warm and move and flow uh, in a yoga class. It's just once you have that appreciation for your body, it's really hard to like hate on it. No. I'm not going to lie and say like, I never want to lose weight. Like I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still human and I'm still uh you know, a woman. And I, you know, I think that I, you know, I have, you know, I have body fat and there are moments where I wish I had less. Um, but whenever I'm in my practice and I like, I'm really connected, I am just mostly grateful for what my body can do and I am capable of. Yeah. I think that's so true too. Cause you kind of like learn an appreciation for your body that when you're not connected to yourself, you don't have it all. You're kind of just like always against your body it seems like Like you're kind of like if you're hungry you're like no you're not hungry you're fine like I'm not hungry and you kind of you know like when you start to appreciate it it's kind of like well I don't really you don't want to treat it bad anymore because you realize like how much it does for you and how your life is so much better when you're treating yourself with like respect and listening to yourself absolutely 100% and just I mean to add on to that I I think probably four or five months after um, 
I started practicing yoga. I finally started um, listening to my dad, who has been telling me for uh, probably like 10 years before that. Um, he's a very health conscious. Uh, he's a doctor. And so he had been talking to me about um, gluten free. My dad's been a vegetarian for like 35 years. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's just been sharing all of these different ways that like inflammation affects our lives. And I was like, oh, you're so weird. And (laughs) um, after I started practicing yoga, I was like, okay, maybe there's something to um, what my dad has to say. And I stopped being gluten. I've been gluten-free for six years. Um, And I stopped eating meat. I still eat fish. Um, I'm not Mm -hmm. vegan or anything like that. But, you know, I dropped the things that I felt like weren't super healthy. I don't eat refined sugars I don't get me wrong I love sweets but just like you know white bleach sugar um I try not to eat a lot of grains and then I have more room in my diet for whole vegetables and food and I owe a lot of that to just like appreciating my body and thus wanting to nourish it right yeah exactly and I think it can look different like I think that can be looking different for everyone like, I feel like everyone kind of just has to listen to what works best for you. Um, for because, sure. Yeah. Because I, I just, that's what I don't like about putting, actually, this kind of goes along with my next question. But I feel like mainstream yoga has kind of, it can be de- not detrimental, but kind of defer people from trying it. Because if you see, like, exactly like you said before, the girls that you were looking at on Instagram, and, um, you know, just like, they seem like, oh, they're so fit. I want to look like them. Like, I want to do whatever they're doing. But in reality, it's just like, that's not realistic. You, cause you, like everyone's so different that trying to be something like another per, like another picture that you see online is just yes. not realistic. And that's how people get so like upset. But I was thinking, um, when you were talking about that, about the Instagram and everything, I was thinking about yoga and I've heard a lot of other podcasts about yoga and even like concerning body image and eating disorder recovery. And it can be super helpful with that. So I was going to ask you, I know that there's like a lot of people out there that feel like they don't have the perfect yoga body, like, (laughs) like they see on TV and that doesn't really exist, but that's kind of like what the media tells us that, you know, you do yoga, you look like this. So I feel like there's people that are like, well, I don't look like that. So they kind of don't want to do it. They don't want to try it. If that Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because when you initially asked me to come on this podcast um, and you told me one of the things you wanted to chat about was like how, like, you know, body image and yoga, one of my first reactions was like, wow, uh, well, I actually have a lot to say. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story and then I'm going to kind okay. of give my thoughts on this. Um, for any of you who don't know, I also teach, so I teach yoga. Um, I've been teaching for about three and a half years now. And actually, when I first started teaching, I was not certified. I got asked to teach and it was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah. I was kind of like, fake it till I make it. So I, um, after I think like a couple weeks of, um, um, so just using the other knowledge I had from dance and the years of yoga practicing before and just like my general knowledge of being a teacher, I was like, I need a little bit more than this. So I took an online training, um, which is not uh, a substitute for 200 hour, by the way. I did eventually mm-hmm. take, um, <laughs> um, but I <laughs> don't worry. Um, I took an online training and I'll never forget um, 
there was this whole blurb. Um, so everything was in sections. And there was this one section about um, your presence as a teacher. And it was all about how you had to look the part. And it was like, you must really fit and, um, you know, like look like you work out and have like a, a body that other people look up to for people to listen to you and to want to take your teaching seriously. Otherwise, you won't be able to keep clients. Like if you don't look fit, people won't think that yoga is a way that they get fit and they won't believe you <laughs> when you tell them what um, like the byproducts of the practice are. And I remember reading that uh, and being like, oh, wow, like I've never really thought about this before. Um, and it really affected me for probably the first year of teaching. I was just so hyper aware, like, of the outfit I was choosing, of, um, you know, like, what I looked like. Did I look the part? Um, and... <laughs> Oh, sorry, but fuck that. It was a horrible yeah. way to teach someone how to be a teacher. Uh, I'm sorry, but I have plenty of people who I look up to that don't have a perfect yoga body. And right. it doesn't make them any less of a teacher. In fact, some of my favorite teachers uh, don't have, uh, you know, that perfect yoga body. Yeah. So anyway, that, that was kind of like my introduction to teaching. And um, one of my first moments where I realized that the ancient idea of this practice and the way that it's being uh, advertised now is not always the best way. And then, uh, as you said about Instagram and stuff, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Instagram yoga. I follow a ton of Instagram accounts um, that uh, mm-hmm. have women and men in beautiful poses in beautiful yoga clothes. Um, like that are so bendy and so strong and I admire them, but I, I always think how detrimental that must be to, uh, to people who are trying to start in the practice, uh, people who aren't as flexible, people who don't see themselves as being as fit, um, people who maybe don't have the money to have a matching pair of leggings and bra. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that's so dumb, but uh, and even no, but it's so I, true. Yeah, like even going to a yoga class, sometimes you stand next to or around people who um, are are intimidating. They're they're beautiful, and their practice is beautiful, and it can make you feel like you don't belong in yoga. And right, I that is like just so wrong. Um, and I I used to post a lot of yoga photos on my Instagram, and I actually. Um, I stopped probably about a year and a half ago. Every once in a while, I'll post something. Um, but part of it was because that was not my practice shelf. Like, I would set up my tripod and take and retake photos over and over again until they were perfect. And I know a lot of these women and men do the same thing. And there were poses that I would never put in my personal practice. They were like one-time fun things to like post a picture of. Um, and like right. how harmful is that to people who to look at you and think that you're an example of what yoga should be and they could injure themselves or never start the practice um, or, you know, like feel like mentally damaged by that kind of stuff. So um, 
definitely not judging people who post beautiful photos. I'm glad they do because I think they're beautiful. I love to look at them. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's definitely like an other side of the coin, which is um, yoga is for every body. And not all yoga is asana movement based. And I think it's really hard to portray that side of yoga in pictures. But yoga is something you do every day, whether you do a down dog or not. Um, Right. Yeah. So that, you know, this is definitely something I I think that, you know, social media perpetuates this. uh, Yeah. I mean, social media is definitely good and bad with everything. But (laughs) with yoga, too, I mean, yeah, because I, I know that a lot of people feel like they'll be almost like laughed at if they walk into yoga because they're yeah they don't have the matching outfit or like they don't feel like their body is perfect or they have you know they see these like amazing poses on Instagram and they're like I could never do that like like I can't even touch my toes I could never do that so why would I try um, exactly exactly and then that kind of just, like, <laughs> like, just like loses the whole like meaning of yoga because <laughs> yoga started as like like yoga has been around forever like people weren't wearing matching outfits and like <laughs> taking photos like it was a way that they like relaxed <laughs> and calmed down and meditated and now it's become like this image thing and so yeah for sure I don't know like how do you do you have any like advice for people that want to try but they're scared what I don't know what it's going to take to get because like you said I'm not against like the beautiful photos and yoga and stuff and I mean I like I have some of myself doing yoga and I and I don't I'm not against that at all but it needs to be more there needs there's another side of it like that's not that's not yoga it's that's not just like looking pretty having makeup on like that's not what it is so I don't know how I don't know what it's going to take to change or like to get other people involved um or to just to get other people feeling comfortable it's definitely something I think about a lot um I have a pretty unique client base in my classes um I actually teach a ton of beginners and um a lot of older women and a lot of inflexible men uh, who've never practiced yoga before It, it took me a long time I feel like to figure out how to I guess continue to reach out to that community and I'm definitely not I'm not perfect at doing it um I I would say like as as a yoga instructor um my advice to other instructors is to make your practice accessible um mm-hmm. to be to be clear um to make it safe um to make it a sacred space and you know allow the uh, people who are advanced to advance it versus um, teaching from the most advanced down Uh, as a just normal you know practitioner like find your studio and your person and um, I think a lot of people have probably stepped into a yoga class before and then never gone back Um, Mm -hmm. and you know I did that you know I think the first ever yoga class I took I was in college and I hated it we sat on our butts the entire time. I just mm-hmm. was like, "Ugh, what is this?" <laughs> but there, there are so many different styles of yoga, and even once you find a style that you like, so let's say you decide you really like vinyasa, their studios teach it so different, and each teacher within that studio will teach it so different. So my suggestion is to like find that person that you feel like speaks to you. Find that person that you feel like, um, you know, cues based on your body so it tells you kind of 
how to move and gives you uh, ways that you feel like safe and um, that you're not overstretching or um, that like you're looking around and you can't do what everyone else is doing. Just find find that person for you. Find that studio for you. And it may take like three or four maybe five tries. Uh, but if you know that yoga is more than movement and you know that you're looking for um, an outlet, an opportunity to like decompress in a different way, to find new tools to handle your anxiety, um, to focus on self-love and self-care, um, you know, and to find something that you love to do that gets you moving every day. Uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely suggest like, like try keep trying um keep trying different places keep trying different people um and then also practicing on your own um taking those tools that you learn in class um you know like honestly the majority of my personal practice is i don't even wear yoga pants like i don't even wear pants for because <laughs> it's in my apartment <laughs> you know like Perfect. I just like have my mat rolled out and like I'll be doing work and stuff and I'll just like roll over to it and like do a couple things here and there. You know, I feel like that you don't have to always pay a ton of money and go to a class to get the full benefits of yoga either. Right. No. And I, I can totally, I can relate to that too, because when I was exercising like a million times a day, I would incorporate yoga into that sometimes, but it was just because, really just because I heard, like, people saying, oh, yeah, yoga is good to do with your other types of exercise. So, for me, it was just kind of, like, another workout. And I mm-hmm. had a really hard time, like, you know, even when I had a really good instructor that was that was so calming and trying to focus on my breath, I had a really hard time doing that. <laughs> and I couldn't, like, I tried. Like, I would sit there and try. I'd be in Shavasana, like, trying to be, like... <laughs> okay, I'm feeling my toes, but, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't, because my mind was just, like, so preoccupied, but it's almost like the when you stop trying so hard to, like, try to feel what you're supposed to feel, and you just, like, start paying attention to what you actually feel, that helps so much. I don't know, it, it seems, like, really easier said than done, but it, it helps so much, and, yeah, also, like, just doing it on your own, the poses that feel good for you, um, yeah, and you kind of it just kind of just changes over time. I, like I have, I had really bad anxiety, slash, still do sometimes, and <laughs> I was trying to use yoga as an outlet for that, but it almost kind of like made me more anxious in the beginning because I would see other people doing crazy poses, and I would try to do it, and I couldn't do it, or you know whatever the reason is. But yeah, so I think that's totally awesome what you said about <laughs> doing it in your apartment in your underwear because. <laughs> That's really at the end of the day, like how you get to a better place and like a better relationship with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love what you said about just like trying so hard. Uh, I always tell my students to just like uh, show up as you are in that class uh, and not to judge it. Uh, And I think that that's super important when you're uh, beginning in yoga uh, you're not going to come and roll out your mat and sit uh, in full lotus and, you know, uh, be enlightened. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like it is a constant, constant practice. Um, and it's a constant, uh, coming back to neutral. Uh, 
throughout the practice. So uh, even the most experienced practitioners, when they're meditating, move away from that like neutral. So, you know, if you're practicing and you look in the mirror and suddenly you're like, oh, I, this pose looks so weird on me and I am doing something wrong. And like all of a sudden you're like caught up in that moment. Being able to come back down from that moment after you're done, uh, you know, like, okay, I'm having this moment and then being like, oh, I'm having this moment, but I shouldn't be. And I'm here to practice. I'm going to come back to neutral. Uh, and mm-hmm. just constantly reminding yourself that no one stays tuned in an entire practice. Uh, it, it, it's the, the practice is bringing yourself back to that mindfulness over and over yeah. and over and over again. Um, and right. so if you feel like everyone around you is like in it, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're so wrong yeah, like we're I mean, all thinking yeah, about dinner <laughs> right like your mind wanders no matter what but do you think that do you think that through yoga like teaching yourself because like even with body image and this still happens to me too like sometimes I'll have days where I don't feel good I'm just like Ew. like nothing has changed but it's just like these negative thoughts are coming and do you feel like using in yoga, how you like take the thoughts that maybe aren't so good while it's happening and you kind of like bring yourself back to a more grounded place, mindful place. Do you think that helps you in like real life situations? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, uh, absolutely. I feel like once you understand what tools you can take off your mat with you, uh, that's when yoga really starts to change your life. Like when you're sitting in traffic and you feel that like anger that we all get for no reason <laughs> when you're sitting in traffic. Like, who are we mad mm-hmm. at? The car in front of us that also is in the same position that we are. <laughs> like, <laughs> but coming coming back to those tools that you take uh, off your mat with you and being like, okay, and actually evaluating, like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Uh, there's nothing I can do about this. This is completely out of my control. Uh, like what things are in my control. Okay. Like maybe turning on a better song or, uh, you know, like looking around and, uh, finding something interesting around me or, you know, what kind of things you can control. And I think for me personally, um, yoga has reminded me of how much I cannot control. And then Mm -hmm. all of the incredible things I actually can control um around me like my reactions to things um you know and i and i'm not going to promise that i'm perfect uh like i I'm, or lie that i'm perfect I, like i get mad i uh react negatively to things like sometimes i get like really pissed off when i'm in traffic or whatever but i constantly am using my practice and constantly trying to come back to that mindfulness and dig a little deeper into why I'm feeling that way. So, Shelvin, you were saying, like, you wake up and nothing's changed, but you feel bad about your body. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that happens to everybody. But I also try to think, like, really reground myself and say, like, okay, feeling bad about myself is not actually going to do anything. Like, it's not productive. It, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make my work better. It doesn't make my relationships better. It doesn't make me look differently to uh, be focusing on these things. And I start to really think about backtrack a little bit and to say, okay, if this is a long-term problem for myself, if I'm like feeling uncomfortable, like are my pants tight? Like, am I like actually uncomfortable in my body and feeling like I haven't been doing the right things for myself? 
then, okay, like, how can I change that? Like, how can I not eat as much sugar as I ate yesterday? Or um, how can Mm -hmm. I cut my salt intake? Because, you know, sometimes that makes me feel bad. Um, But then on the other side, spectrum of that, when it's literally like, for no reason, just like, calming down and being like, I am doing all these things for myself. (laughs) I went to the gym yesterday, I'm going to yoga tonight, like, there's no reason I should feel bad about myself, because I'm working on making this body strong and healthy, happy space. You got to just let it go. You have no control over that. Yeah. And I think, I think too, it's a lot of people, and including me, I feel like I thought that, you know, you see all these like positive things on social media and they're like, yeah, body love, like love your body. It's great. And it's easy to say that. And it's easy to, to want that, but it's really hard to do that. So I feel like it's easier to first just accept yourself and accept your body. And then through that, you kind of learn to really love yourself. Well, I think the the word acceptance is so much deeper than just body acceptance. Um, oh like yeah, it, like just accepting you, yourself as a, right. as a person, right? And when you truly see your worth in this world, um, when you can look and you can say, like, look at these relationships, look at you know the work I do every day in you know at work or in school, wherever you're kind of at in your life, and look at these moments, these significant moments I have, and this meaningfulness that I bring to every day like that accepting that means like how can you hate the vessel that carries that you know like how can you not see yourself as something and someone beautiful when you trace everything back and accepts just like your existence and the power behind your existence and then here we are in these bodies, in this skin, and it's we're you know, like we're so much more than that. <laughs> um, yeah, just, right, yeah, exactly. So but that it gets so it gets so lost because that becomes like the main focus. But yeah, so it's really just finding. It sounds like so cheesy, but it's really like finding yourself, your real self, not just your skin. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know, and that helps a lot. But I do have one question that I wanted to ask before I forget. Do you have like a meditation practice or do you, did you incorporate that all into your yoga? Yeah. Um, so I did not when I first started. I mean, as I mm-hmm. said, it, the acrobatics got me in. Um, but yeah, I, over the past couple of years, I have developed a meditation practice. Um, and uh, I, so I think that I love the like, I love and cherish people who can like sit crisscross applesauce in their house every morning when they wake up or every Mm -hmm. night before they go to sleep and like meditate for 20 minutes. But that has never been how I can meditate and how I can unwind. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I know for a lot of people, that's like the most daunting thing ever. It's imagine yourself just like sitting. There. Yeah, um, no, it was. I remember. I remember when I started like going to counseling and therapy. They were like, "Well, you should really meditate." And to tell someone that's like totally disconnected from their body to meditate is like, I mean, it's almost impossible because you, you, it's just yeah. I was just laying there like this. I just is doing nothing. But what helped me with it because I really do think it's really helpful. But yes, I agree. 
was I did, I like guided meditation. So either yep. like going to a class where they're like, imagine this or like, you know, cause you're like literally imagining yourself doing something or giving up something that is much more helpful to me than just laying there like, okay, I'm meditating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so as you know, I was going to say is, um, for, for me, I actually, uh, find myself, uh, adding meditation into my practice, uh, either at the beginning or the end. And I always do it laying down. And I know that there's some, there's some people out there that like, will say like, no, that meditation shouldn't be done laying down. But I'm here to tell you that you can lay down and meditate. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, and part of the reason why is because when I sit up, I actually like it, it I, I, as I said, at the beginning, I, I have like pain in my joints and all of that stuff. And I, my back is in so much pain the entire time. It's actually all I think about. So I lay down to meditate and a lot of times I actually leave my apartment. Um, I live near the beach. So, um, I actually am better at meditating in a busy space. It gives me something mm-hmm. to shut out. For people who are like me that kind of need noise to then retreat into yourself, um, I found that just like being in a space um, that people are like going about their daily lives and nobody really cares about what I'm doing, like really mm-hmm. on my mat and being there, it's very interesting because it gives you something to physically think about tuning out um, versus when you're in a super quiet space. Um, it's a little harder yeah. to retreat inward. So I definitely do that. And if anyone has tried Headspace, um, I have that and I've used that a couple of times, but I actually use colors a lot in my meditation. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> um, so when, when I meditate, I start with my meditation. I start with the breath and, um, on that first big breath I breathe in, um, I try to associate a color to that. Um, and whatever, like I'm feeling, it, it changes all the time. Uh, what kind of color I immediately like feel and see. Um, and so I associate that with the inhale. And then on the exhale, I try to figure out what color I'm like associating with that. And I know that that's the weirdest thing ever, but <laughs> each, each <laughs> so color, <laughs> each color on the spectrum has um, actually a different meaning within yoga based on a different chakra. Uh, and so after I've, figured out what my colors are I actually like take a second to figure out what that means for me so yesterday for example on my inhales I felt like I was inhaling yellow and which would be my um solar plexus which is like your core that power chakra and on my exhale I felt like I was exhaling orange which would be second highest chakra which is um, right around like your sex organs um and it can be like you know associated with like the the pleasure side of things. Um, and so what I associate with that is like, I, what I'm feeling is like, I need a little bit more empowerment. I need a little bit more yellow. Um, and I need to lose a, a little bit of something else in order to find that balance. Uh, and then I just stay with the colors. So even if at first I made them up, <laughs> then I yeah. just like on every inhale, I think yellow on every exhale, I think orange. Um, I don't know if that is helpful for other people, but uh, sometimes just like no, simply associating breath isn't enough for me. I need a visual in my mind. Um, yeah, no, that's so interesting. I love the so. chakras too. Like I could talk to you a whole other time about that. <laughs> for anyone that's interested in chakras, it's it's really, really interesting. Like flows of energy, like Rachel's talking about different colors are associated with it, different. I, I don't even know. They're 
different different how do you explain a chakra yeah so a chakra is essentially a like a pool of energy um and so if you think about uh energy as light um and you think about uh the spectrum of light uh, i'm going to get really physically on you right now every uh different light color has a different wavelength um, which means a different frequency and uh, different, uh, you know, vi- vibration. And they move differently with different speed. Um, sorry, no, that's a lie. They move at the same speed, but with different frequency. <laughs> All light moves right. the same. And, sorry, everybody. Um, but so that actually changes the color that we perceive those like pools of energy all have different frequencies. They, they are an energetic line that runs up the center of our bodies. Uh, you know, if you're interested, you can definitely do some research on them because uh, they've done a lot of yeah, uh, scientific actually, research <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, so once I really started getting into yoga and really getting into the mindfulness, I never thought that I would be someone that was like, into chakras and colors and all that there's actually there's a really good book called eastern body western mind i don't know if you've read it um it's it's by anadea judith and it's really i'll put it in the show notes it's really good at explaining chakras and it gives a lot of insight to things that like reasons that you might be feeling the way that you feel so it's just really, it's really cool. That's a whole yeah. other topic. A whole, a whole other topic. But if you're interested, <laughs> you should definitely check it out. Um, and it's especially helpful, I think, if you're interested in meditating with colors to understand what it means for them to be out of balance um, and how uh, breathing in one and letting go of another might help you rebalance yourself and actually reset yourself um, when you come out of that meditation. Awesome. Well, yeah, it was so good talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you for like another three hours. About this, but <laughs> we are. And we want to ask you, and I'll also put this in the show notes at the end, but how can listeners connect with you or stay in touch with you? You can always, always come to my Instagram if you want to connect. As I said, I um, have definitely backed away from posting as many only yoga pics. Uh, so you're, you're definitely going to see me living my life. Uh, but my mm-hmm. Instagram handle is r underscore Greenfield. Uh, but beyond that, if you are looking for a little bit of a more meaningful conversation, if you have any questions about anything I said, you know, are interested in figuring out how to get started as a yoga teacher, how to get started as a yoga student, um, I'm always available via email as well. And my email address is Rachel Greenfield yoga at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. It was so good to talk to you. And I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being my first guest. Oh, I know. I appreciate you <laughs> inviting me as your excited. first guest. Um, yes. I'm excited for your podcast. And uh, you're thank so you. great. Uh, come out to LA again soon. I know. I will. I want to. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Thank All you, right. Rachel. You're welcome. Bye, Shell. The Living Over Losing podcast is produced by the Podcast Panacea, the cure-all for your podcast. I knew I wanted a podcast, but I didn't know where to start. Podcast Panacea has helped me develop my show's concept, launch, record, edit, and produce my show. I wanted to create a body positivity podcast with a twist on my own unique brand. On my blog, Living Over Losing, I can share my thoughts, and this podcast, through Podcast Panacea, has helped me bring them to life with professional skill. If you are looking to start a podcast, I definitely recommend recommend podcast panacea to find out more email the podcast panacea at gmail.com thanks for listening